I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We're over halfway with How Jamaica, and my thoughts are now starting to turn to the next series. But before we start today's pod, special thanks to George Ramakan, Jason McLean, and Shane Jackie J. Forrest, three commentators who had to brutally edit down to get them into an 11 minutes pod. This is the story of how one small island conquered the world. Jamaican Patwa. And a fair start, a Samba Pound. Usain Bolt is also out well. Here they come down the track. Usain Bolt! It's a story of music, sport and style. How its rhythms, athletes and language went global. Pull up, pull up! This is how Jamaica conquered the world. Uh, my name is George Ramokan. I'm the Consul General for Jamaica here in Toronto. My name is Shane Shaky J. Forrest and I'm known as the Shaken Jamaican. I'm a session guitarist and bassist and I'm based here in uh, Toronto, Canada. My name is Jason McLean and I live in Toronto, Canada and I run Toronto Reggae. Uh, TorontoReggae.ca. I also run my own label called Island Rock. My name is Trevor Fortune the founder of an organization called the Caribbean Diaspora Network. We have here a significant Jamaican community in Toronto. It's estimated around about a quarter million, and that would include persons who are uh, second and third generation Jamaicans, so they were born here in Toronto. They would not be counted statistically by Canada as Jamaican, but based on the fact that they're of Jamaican descent, uh, we, we regard them as part of the Jamaican family, the Jamaican uh, community. We have what is called the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area. There is Mississauga, there's Ajax, there's Brampton, and these are areas where you find the concentration of numbers, including the, the Toronto itself, of persons who have come here. We don't formally have a little Jamaica, but I think anybody would, if we did have one, would refer to it as like Eglinton West area. It's a lot of Jamaican restaurants, a lot of Jamaican shops, so you can get authentic Jamaican food, pan chicken in that area. And as far as Jamaican communities, um, living-wise, are concerned, there are just pockets of Jamaicans everywhere you go. East, west, north, south, <laughs> there are Jamaicans everywhere here. The migration of 
Jamaicans to Toronto in significant numbers could be seen as uh, taking place in the 70s and 80s. Prior to that, migration was to Britain. But interestingly, a number of Jamaicans here are actually Jamaicans who went to Britain and decided later to make Toronto their home. I came here from Trinidad in 1974. At that time, the Jamaicans, as far as African Canadians are concerned, the Jamaicans was the largest portion of the population. In the earlier years when Jamaicans were coming here, the cultural issues they came up on in terms of racist issues and so on were quite severe. But again, here is another thing about the Jamaican community. They are not only resilient people, but uh, people who are assertive. Been, whether it is here in Toronto, in London, in the United States, there are a number of Jamaicans who stand up as sort of human rights advocates. Here it was Dudley Laws. If the people do not have confidence in the police, it doesn't matter if you put another thousand police officers out there, they will not get involved if, within the process. Dudley Laws was one of our fighters. I rise today the provincial legislature to pay tribute to Dudley Laws, who passed away last week. Dudley was a tireless, fearless, and most unforgettable voice of equality for all Torontonians, no matter what their ethnic origin. For 50 years, Mr. Speaker, Dudley Laws fought for social justice, not only within the black community, but for all communities who needed help. Dudley was there. Dudley was a proud son of Jamaica, a proud Canadian, but Dudley was a fearless fighter for what he felt was right. Miss Lou, the Jamaican icon, lived here in Toronto for the second half of her life. In fact, the harbor front, where they have the, the cultural area there, is one of the rooms that is known as the Miss Lou Room. The University of Toronto has a department that teaches Patois as a language, as much as Spanish is taught as a language. So Patois has really become a kind of an official language here within the Toronto experience. One of the, the things you'll find in this community are a large number of churches. There are in Toronto no less than 200, 250 churches pastored by you're talking of churches with a pretty good size. It is because the commitment to their religious beliefs has traveled. first became aware of reggae music early 80s. Someone turned me on to the specials and Madness and the selective groups like that. I love these albums and when I flipped them over and looked at who actually wrote most of these songs, many of them, not all of them, but many of them were cover songs of, of classic Jamaican songs. Girls, girls, Growing up in Toronto, I listened to every Friday night, listened to Reggae Showcase with David Kingston. He was definitely the top show. He always played the latest and greatest coming out of Jamaica. 
86, 87, 88 was when I started going to concerts. Most of them were kept at the concert hall, uh, right on Young Street, at Young and Davenport. I often had to go to these shows by myself, and of course, uh, reggae concerts always started midnight, and you know, it was hard as a 16, 17-year-old to stay out till uh, 5, 6 in the morning, but I used to. There are many Jamaican artists who have spent a lot of time living in Toronto. I know Pat Anthony lived here for a while. Uh, original Thriller lived here for a while. Uh, he was known as Thriller back in the day. He had the great hit, Can't Cross the Border. Jackie Matu lived here for many years. Even King Jammy lived here. There's definitely a, a Toronto connection to reggae and the world. Well, Snow definitely had an impact on, on the Toronto reggae scene. It, it definitely brought attention. Snow was never really my cup of tea. It was it was more crossover. But yeah, Snow in, in 1992, when, when Informer came out, it definitely blew up the, the Toronto reggae scene and then put us on the map and definitely gave us some attention. Uh, I believe it went to number one on the Billboard charts back then. I began as a musician in Kingston, Jamaica, and I left in the late 90s seeking out greener pastures. I started in the music scene in Toronto by basically, I, I googled who was the brand name reggae singer in Toronto and Canada. At that time, and still is, it was a Tanya Mulling. I just went to a Tanya Mulling show, waited for her to come off stage, and just promptly introduced myself. And I just told her, you know, I'm Shane Shaky J, one of the top session players from Kingston, and I'm here in Canada now, so when you have things going on in the studio at the stage, you can give me a ring. And sure enough, a couple months later, I got a call me for a gig, and I just kind of got into the circle from there. This cold and lonely room You said you will be coming back You'll be coming back real, real soon some of the more popular Toronto reggae artists now, uh, there's quite a few of them. Exco Levi, and there's quite a few songs out there. In fact, he's got a new song with Romaine Virgo and Busy Signal. Amoy is fresh new female voice, and she sounds great. Steel, another one. There, there's quite a few. They're, they're starting to, to get heard around the world. Eileen Dread, formerly known as Colin Levi. We have world-class studios here, and uh, many of them make the trips back and forth to Jamaica. They're, they're getting their product heard, definitely. She's a strong woman. Toronto is definitely the capital of reggae for Canada. You have pockets of reggae in Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver. As you know, reggae is strong and powerful. It reaches all over the world. No matter where you go, you can always find it somewhere. Just like in England, where you guys have the Notting Hill Carnival, we have the Toronto Caribana. Although it's not officially called Caribana today because it was hijacked by the Scotia Bank and some white folks, but it is our cultural property. We generate over one and a half million people in this city during the Caribana period, which is the ending of July, early August. That festival generates over a quarter billion dollars in this city. 
but sad to say that a lot of that money does not trickle down to our community. Caribana actually started back in 1967 and that is where we saw a number of people coming from the Caribbean participating in the expo. So as a way of celebrating, so you had people from St. Vincent, Trinidad, Jamaica, those were the three major islands from which people then formed an organization called Caribana from since back then. The whole idea was a cultural festival as a way to, to help generate tourism in the Caribbean and also to give Canadians a sense of Caribbean culture. However, sometimes it is misunderstood and you hear Caribana is a Trinidadian thing. It's not a Trinidadian thing. It is a Caribbean people thing and we have to keep it that way. How alive the Jamaican culture is uh, within the Jamaican community here, it is so significant that sometimes I wonder if the Jamaicans here in Toronto do not outdo those at home. As I said at the start of the pod, we're over halfway through the series, so I've started to evaluate how things have gone. In a word, it's well. We are approximately at 50,000 downloads a month, which is great. However, this whole enterprise, whilst not being outlandishly expensive, is not free. When I started to do this, it was to gain traction as a producer, something that I've not been for well over 12 years. Dare I say the job offers have been thin on the ground, so I'm going to bat the ball into your court, dear listener. If you have an internet-related project, strategic or a web build, please bear me in mind. Also, if you happen to be the drinking pal of a radio commissioning editor, please tell them to email me and to take the series, as if I don't earn some cash soon, I'll be heading for the poorhouse. Don't forget, you can follow me personally on Twitter, where I'm at Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, we are also at How Jamaica. You can follow us on Facebook where we are facebook.com forward slash How Jamaica. You can email me personally at Royfield at gmail.com. That's R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 